This is the EPLOG audio experience. A very warm welcome to all my listeners. Welcome to yet another episode of Around the World with Rohan. Today, I want to take this opportunity to thank you for being my listener, for sending your feedback. Thank you so much for being such a lovely audience. It means a lot. And it, but nevertheless, today I'm going to speak to you something very different. ऐसा कुछ नहीं है आई एम गोइंग टू शेयर विथ यू अर ट्रेवल एक्सपीरियंस बट इट वॉज अ डिफरेंट कंट्री इट वॉज अ कंट्री विच आई रिसेंटली विजिटेड एंड आई थॉट दैट इट वुड बी वेरी इंपॉर्टेंट फॉर यू टू नो अबाउट दिस कंट्री बिकॉज बिफोर गोइंग टू दिस कंट्री यार मुझे कुछ ज्यादा पता ही नहीं था इस कंट्री के बारे में एंड आई एम रियली अशेम ऑफ इट माइंड यू ओके दिस इज नॉट समथिंग आई एम वेरी प्राउड ऑफ बिकॉज एज अ ट्रेवलर आई शुड नो अबाउट द प्लेस आई एम गोइंग बट देर आर सो मेनी कंट्रीज एंड यू डोंट नो ईच एंड एवरी कंट्री इन एंड आउट राइट So this country was that one country which I didn't know much about. But for you know for my good luck, you know, I had traveled to two different countries in the same not in the same but in and around the same area. So I had an idea what the terrain would be. So uh the country I'm going to talk about today is called as Estonia. Estonia is a Baltic country. It's a northern European country and my first encounter to Estonia or that area as in the Baltic or the Nordic area was of course Norway. when uh, i went there during uh, winters of 2019 and then of course i went to uh, finland before estonia but uh, estonia do share a lot of similarities with the finnish people but it is different it has its own identity and i'll tell you why because it is not a norwegian country though people miss you know kind of misunderstand it to a, being a norwegian country it's not you can either call estonia as a northern european country or a baltic country which shares its border uh with finland uh with russia and uh with the other baltic countries down but uh, the culture is so different and my introduction to uh, this place happened when i was in finland when i was in helsinki and uh, from the ports from the coastal line of helsinki you can actually uh, uh take a ferry and go to tallinn which is the capital of estonia in a matter of 2 hours straight okay so it's very close by if you Uh, take a flight from Tallinn to Helsinki. It's it's a twenty five minute flight, so it's relatively close. And both are the capital of two different countries. And my introduction to Estonia was, of course, Tallinn. So I went to the capital, Tallinn. How do I define Tallinn? Okay, I remember defining Prague once, something like this. The Tallinn is a place which is a combination of medieval and commercial, absolutely new. It has everything from graffiti. to be an IT smart city to have wifi everywhere to have great food to have great wines but i would compare this to prague because this places are straight from the folklore straight from the story book and it just pops out especially the medieval town because if you are in tallinn the one place i would recommend you to go and spend one or two at least full days would be the medieval town so it's a unesco world heritage um uh, section so tallinn basically the capital is divided into the new tallinn and the old tallinn the old tallinn is all about medieval town and you got to go and check this place out so i uh, because i was filming there you know of course so our, our schedules are different we are not touristy touristy there but we have a straight schedule and we have to follow the schedule and we have to wrap up the shooting as soon as possible so my first introduction to the medieval was of course the tallinn town square Now this is a square which is basically your introduction to the medieval so I would recommend that even before you come to the uh the the square you'll come across lots of beautiful 
uh, buildings which were built during the 12th century, 13th century, 16th century. If you get into the history of this place, you'll come to know that this place has been to a lot. It used to be a hub once and it is amazing if you happen to go there during November, December because you get to experience the Christmas market in that very square and it is amazing because if you are somewhere in December, January, you can probably get great snowfall there so you can have or witness white Christmas. So, uh, yes, I was in, oh my goodness, it is so easy to get distracted when you're talking about uh, such a wonderful city. Okay, so yes, of course. So when you are in the square, the first place I would strongly recommend you is there's this one pharmacy. Okay, now what's so special about this pharmacy? I'll tell you what. This pharmacy has been running. It is the longest running pharmacy in the whole of Europe. I'm not sure about the world, but I think in definitely whole of Europe. Started in 1422. Can you be that? Started in 1422. This pharmacy still is one of the oldest pharmacies, if not the oldest, one of the surely oldest pharmacies in the world. And uh, it's, it's a great landmark to start your journey. So, of course, you have the town hall. You have a huge town hall building. It has a lot of legends. So probably, you know, one thing, again, I'm doing a lot of recommendations here today. I'm really sorry, but this is kind of important. If you get a guide there who can take you through the stories of this place, and mind you, these stories are not just a mythical or, you know, what you hear or the historical things, but also the legends and all the spooky things attached to this area. Please, that'll really help you a lot, okay? So yes, we are talking about uh, this pharmacy. So 1422, the longest, one of the longest running pharmacy in the world, definitely in Europe. And you go there and uh, it's it's dif- it's divided into two different uh, sections. One is, of course, the museum where you can go and see that how this pharmacy used to function in the bygone era. And then, of course, you have the new pharmacy where you can go, you can buy stuff and all of that. I would recommend they have this welcome herbal wine. So if you can request them to give you that wine, nothing like that. Okay, it's a great welcome. But what really took me by surprise is that from that time, they had medicines for everything. And when I say everything, I don't mean diseases or sickness. They had medicines for happiness. They had medicines for sorrows. Uh, They had... uh, Uh, aphrodisiac medicines of course they had medicines to be happy I don't know how they came up with all those things but if you get the chance please read about it ask them bother them torture them but do visit this pharmacy that's right in the center of the town hall square in Tallinn in the medieval town and then we proceed further And also a great place to go and have some nice Italian, Indian, uh, local, because it's the whole area has been surrounded by a lot of hotels and cafes. So you can go have a great time. Making friends is not a big deal in Estonia. In fact, you know what? Most of the things which we hear before going to country, to a particular country, please ignore it. Have your own opinion. Before going to Finland, I heard that uh, a lot of Finnish people are pretty reserved. Bullshit. When I was going to Estonia, a lot of people told me that people don't take nonsense. People don't like uh, talking too much. People like their own space. Well, we all do, right? But uh, when I went there, it was nothing like that. Yes, climate-wise, it was really putting me off. But people, you know, any any place you go, for me at least, you know, it's always the people. It's never the place. People which will make me feel happy and wanted and 
you know, that is something, the memories I take from these people uh, makes me go back to that place again. Never the place. It's hardly, it's maybe 20% of the place, but definitely 80% of the experience which I've had from the locals there. Moving on. So while going to the upper town, which is uh, around 100, 200 meters uh, from the lower town, you have a lot of castles and I'm, I won't go into detail because uh, my podcast is not about uh, being a historian and telling you about what happened there. Well, you have to go and experience it firsthand. But what I can tell you, I can give you a little gist of because this podcast is not just about Tallinn. As I moved uh, ahead, there, there are a lot of interesting stories which I want to share with you. So I'll make it quick. So from there, you can go uh, to upper town. Upper town, you'll find a beautiful uh, uh, Russian cathedral and a fortress Alexander Navasky Cathedral uh, why cathedral because of course you know no price for guessing uh, Soviets ruled them for a really long time after their first independence which was after 1918 there was a Soviet rule uh, USSR and after the uh, collapse of the Soviets uh, Estonia got its independence in 1991. In fact, you know, Estonia was not the only country. There were a lot of other countries like uh, Uzbekistan, Kyrgyzstan. So many countries were part of USSR and everything uh, collapsed. But I'm glad it did because, uh, what can I say? You know, these countries are doing pretty well being all by themselves. Once you do that, once you're happy, if you're a historian, you know, this is strongly recommended to all the people who are just not into history. Please go visit this. Enjoy the architecture. Enjoy the food. You can focus on a lot of other things. Um, there's right at the center of the town hall, you'll see this huge Christmas tree. And it is believed, I'm not sure how true this is, but it is believed that the first Christmas tree, which was uh, erected, uh, was from the town hall. So the first Christmas tree ever uh, which people saw was from this beautiful country of Estonia. So in and around that tree, during the month of December, they have a Christmas market, which is unbelievable. But on my first day in Tallinn, well, they were just still making, they were in the process of making the whole market. So I'm going to talk about it because before leaving for India, I visited the market and it was poof, the best ever I've ever seen. But in more in detail, I'll tell you when we are about to come back from the other cities. And as I'm taking you to a journey through road, because I was traveling by road, uh, I'll tell you what all places. And then eventually at the end of the day, you know, end of the show, I can talk to you about Christmas market and what to buy and uh, what are the strong recommendations, what all places you should visit and all of that. But moving on, so Tallinn was, uh, of course, uh, about the medieval town. But there's also something very interesting because now we are talking about Soviets. Uh, there was an era where there were a lot of espionage. There were a lot of spy games uh, which were happening. And the best example is uh, there's this hotel called as the Viru Hotel. And you can go there. Uh, you can take the elevator. It will uh, uh, take you to the 22nd floor. But the building has one more floor which was uh, kept secret uh, till recent times. But now it is open as a museum. So you can check out, uh, you can Google Viru Museum Espionage uh, Estonia. And it tells us everything about how they used to spy. Now this hotel is a pretty posh hotel. So a lot of uh, diplomats and uh, actors and politicians and uh, democratic people used to come. So the whole hotel, or most of the room at least, were bugged. And this museum shows you how they were bugged, like in the telephone, how they were bugged, in the wallet, how they put uh, microphones. Uh, there used to be special cameras 
to take photographs and then to blackmail them. Uh, there used to be special section from where you know the spies used to. Uh, he listened to every detail what these people are speaking in their rooms. So this whole hotel was bugged, and you got to hear the Espinal stories. It is very interesting. Now it's turned into a museum. So if you happen to be in Tallinn, the three things which I would really, really, really recommend is of course the medieval town, the the stories, the Viru Hotel and the museum, Viru Hotel Museum, or the Espinage. Um, uh museum and then of course uh, the christmas market christmas market of course it's occasional it's only during the month of november and december but if you happen to be there at that point of time please do visit it moving on from tallinn my journey started to the actual estonia which not many people know about so my first destination was narva now narva is a place uh, see uh, estonia overall it's a very small country so from if you're traveling from one end to the other end it won't take you more than 4 hours unless until you plan to go on to the islands which are a lot of islands and apparently I never went there so we won't be talking about it now but I definitely went to Narva and Narva is the last town on Russian border and it is so close I've never seen a border like Narva because Narva is like you're standing on the border and you can see everything happening in Russia it's that close I mean the border must be 100 meters but the 100 meters is not surrounded by barricades and security i hardly saw any security so the border between estonia and russia is not a mere line that separates but also a place where two cultures worlds meet mutually influence and uh, interpenetrate uh, uh, each other so when I, there's this one particular spot you can go there so on one side you have a beautiful uh, narva castle and on the other side you have the Uh, a fortress called as the Ivangorod fortress that's the name of the town there and it has been bordered by the Narva uh, river in between the main feature is the 12th century castle overlooking the Narva river very beautiful so you also get a chance to climb on top of it and uh, click a lot of pictures the fortress is clearly visible that sprawls around the opposite banks this spot has long been a place uh, of conflict between east and west today ivangorod and its fortress are in russia narva and its castle are in estonia which means they are in the like basically in eu and nato in european union and nato but narva's people are almost entirely and often resolutely russian because of course having a close proximity to this bordering to russia a lot of people were migrated and i was when i went to narva i was more keen on understanding and learning and listening to the stories of these people who have migrated or maybe their forefathers migrated and somewhere I, because you know i read somewhere that they were kind of like uh, there were as kind of discrimination between the estonians the the ethnic estonians and of course the uh, people migrating and then russians turning into estonians so heavy population is still uh, pretty much uh, uh, estonian but everybody speaks russian there So I happened to meet one of the uh, families Russian families not technically Russian now they are Estonian but uh, I met a couple um the husband's fa- uh, you know family uh, was from Russia though he was born in Estonia and uh, the wife's uh, grandmother was from Russia so I had a lot of these curious questions like um, you know the people the locals did they accept you or um, how was how's the change in culture 
in Tallinn and in Narva or uh, wages, you know, do they pay you well? I've heard that uh, the wages back in Tallinn far more better than the wages in Narva. And do you, have you ever felt any kind of discrimination because of coming from that side of the border? And I wouldn't lie to you, but there were issues, you know, you know Narva is not the kind of a place which is hustle. It's, it's a pretty laid back. It's a pretty, pretty lazy place. You just want to go there relax and enjoy enjoy the history enjoy the borders but they said that things were bad a couple of years back but uh, this particular generation i don't think they have they have adapted uh, the locals have adapted that uh, you know they are estonian now and especially after being a part of european union now things are much far more better though the wages are still higher uh, in tallinn um, but uh, russian um, boarding being close to this particular city everybody knows how to speak Russian. Everybody has a certain connection in uh, in Russia. Um, but other than that, there are no issues. You know, people are very simple. People are pretty set and happy and content with whatever they have. So that was Narva for me. If you uh, go to Narva, please do visit the border. And one very quickly interesting thing, I wouldn't be dragging too much about Narva, but one interesting thing, I met this one lady and she said that you know, I asked them, like, can you travel all the way to, you know, Russia without a passport? And they said that, no, you have to take a prior visa or, uh, uh, you know, whatever the details, the formalities needs to be done. But then there is a certain category of people who can travel in and around Estonia and Russia without a visa. And I said, well, how's that possible? And they said that, well, they have a passport but it's an alien passport. Have you ever heard about it? Well, I never heard uh, until I was in Estonia. So basically, alien passport is something which uh, gives you the permission to travel to Estonia and as well as Russia anytime you want. But if something happens to you in any of the countries, no country will take a responsibility of what's, you know, what happened to you. But that's again, you're an alien. So there's a proper alien passport uh, and uh, the country section is uh, crossed by XXX. So you do, they don't belong to any particular country, but uh, they are an alien. So that was something new. I didn't know that there is something, uh, such stuff exists. But yeah, it was a new experience. You can also see the border. You can actually see people uh, going through the tunnel and coming out of the other side of the border, which is Russia. But amazing. Most of the signs, most of the hoardings you will see both in Estonian and in Russian language. So basically, I didn't understand shit. But nevertheless, it's okay. Moving on from Nara, I went to a beautiful town called as Tartu. Tartu is believed to be the intellectual capital of uh, Estonia. And I'll tell you why. Because this place is full of universities and students and a very strong spirit of youth. Museums, a lot of creative um, uh, stuff happening in and around that, uh, you know, in the city. But uh, a couple of strong recommendations if you are in Tartu, please visit the Science Museum. And it is everything but museums. See, I'm not the kind of guy who would. I like museums. I wouldn't say I, I don't like museums, but I'm not the kind of a guy who would spend three, three, four, four hours just walking around, enjoying, learning about the history. I get bored. Okay, I'm a boy. Please understand. But the science museum will keep you busy. It has so many different games related to physics, chemistry, uh, crazy, crazy stuff. Not going too much in detail, but if you ever happen to be, the name of this museum is AHA, A-A-H-A-A, AHA Museum. It's in Tartu. 
please do visit it it's absolutely worth visiting you can also go and visit a, a place called as upside down house it's it's a great place to have some pictures in Uh, increase your instagram followers a lot of universities if you are interested in going and chit-chatting with the you know kids and students and of course the town hall i w- i wouldn't recommend the town hall all the time but these are a couple of things you can go and visit in tartu but there's a lot of things which uh, uh, estonia has to offer so from there i went on to a place now this place is a little far away from tartu it's completely isolated again uh, part of it is on russia border it's called as setoma the setoma has setoma the first of all you know ma is considered to be the land seto is the 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 people who stay there so the setos have kept close ties to their tradition roots throughout the history and boost their own unique lifestyle including their own language and clothing customs so for centuries seto culture has been an oral culture where a core values have been passed on by singing and dancing also but singing mainly singing setos are known as the first and foremost for their distinct singing tradition which is called as the seto lelo folk song okay it may sound a little funny seto lelo but let me put it this way okay this this tradition needs respect because it is one of the few places and few actually um, uh, things which are uh, incorporated in the world heritage uh, mention which has a world heritage mention so seto lelo folk songs are a part of the unesco world heritage they are well known for the ancient uh, polyphonic singing tradition that is kept alive and uh, um well by older and young, younger generation alike so when you go to setoma you'll see a lot of these villages uh where women are wearing those traditional seto attire uh if you're married you need to tie your hair um there's a certain uh, story behind what ornaments are you um, wearing meaning if you're a married woman you you can wear a certain ornament if you're uh, you know single you can wear something else so there are a lot of things but you know go there because they have songs for everything they'll welcome you with a song they'll uh, greet you with a song they will offer you something to eat with a song they will curse you with your song there's a song for marriage there's a song for breakup there's a song for everything there's a song for grazing harvesting um mourning everything 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 so and the people are very generous and very welcoming but please be on time because as most of the europeans do you know, they don't like you know people who fluctuate when it comes to when they uh, a certain appointment is given to you please be there on time something we all indian needs to work at least i so let's talk about lelo now lelo is a kind of song the polyphonic tradition of uh, setos uh first and foremost thing it is more than 1000 years old i don't even know how old it is but it is very old it's uh, characterized by a certain set of rules but uh, improvisation is uh, appreciated as well in general several people are needed to perform a lelo it can be actually several people it can be a choir it can have just one single lead singer um but the whole thing is about they tell you stories through these songs stories about who they were stories about the ancestors stories about uh the culture the tradition so i think it's it's a wonderful experience you should go and i would strongly recommend it so after setoma this this uh, you know obviously most of the nordic and most of the baltic areas are covered by a lot of forests for example estonia is half forest and half 
you know civilization so 50% is forest so you make it a point to go and visit one of their national parks the last place uh, uh, other than tallinn uh, i went to was um, suma national park great place to go canoeing bog walking if you don't know what's bog walking please google it uh, great place to fly drones great place to have a caravan caravan is not recommended during winters but i still went on a caravan because i had never been on a caravan but what a wonderful experience it was spectacular before i could uh, wind up the whole thing i came back to tallinn because tallinn is the only place from where you can um, head back to the town and you don't have direct flight so you have to i i went through a flight which when uh, came by amsterdam so i had to take it from tallinn and the last day i kept it for christmas market amazing experiences it has to be a part of your bucket list go and experience the beautiful christmas and if you could just go during the month of december you'll probably get to see the white christmas it's snow it's beautiful it's colorful people are in high spirits you can enjoy the mulled wine you can enjoy some really nice russian vodkas and some local liqueur but ultimately estonia was a good 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 experience amazing place to go guys if you haven't heard much about this place please understand okay let me put it this way all said and done whatever i've said just keep it aside okay it is the first digital nation okay when i say digital nation you can have wifi internet even in the forest there are something called as e residency so if you uh, you know they don't they don't use passport like we do they have a card it's called as e residency and you all need to show the card like a license or a pan card all they need to do is just show that pan card or that license type card uh, to travel across they don't need a passport only if they are traveling in eu they, it's it's a great place to have startups it's the capital of startups they call it as the silicon valley of uh european union but nevertheless uh, what i'm trying to say is it it's a country which is booming the it hub of uh, european union uh, is in tallinn and uh, you can start a business in 15 minutes everything is online right from voting to buying grocery to starting a business everything is online so as we are talking about the medieval and the ancient and the isolated part the country is also pretty much advanced and growing and booming and i wish everybody all the very best and luck and people mainly are very nice uh the time i went was not the right time i wouldn't recommend that but if you ever happen to be in estonia please do share with me all the wonderful things i'm going to give you my uh email address and uh, the places where you can reach out to us all right i hope you enjoyed today's uh, podcast i'll see you very soon with a brand new story or a brand new guest for sure but until then stay connected keep listening please reach out to us at eplogmedia on instagram 